Hello, and welcome to Field Notes, the weekly podcast of the Military Fellowship Center in Jacksonville, North Carolina, serving Marines stationed at Cap Lejeune and surrounding areas. Military Fellowship Center is a ministry of Military Evangelism Incorporated. Our speaker and host for the program is Dave Mason, the General Director of Military Evangelism and the Field Director at Jacksonville. Visit us on the web at militaryfellowshipministry.com or email us at militaryfellowshipctr at gmail.com. Now, here's Dave Mason. John chapter 7, and starting in verse 10 this week. But when his brethren were gone up, then went he also up to the feast, not openly, but as it were, in secret. Then the Jews sought him at the feast and said, Where is he? And there was much murmuring among the people concerning him, for some said, He's a good man. Others said, No, he deceives the people. Howbeit no man spake openly of him for fear of the Jews. Now, about the midst of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and taught. And the Jews marveled, saying, How knoweth this man letters, having never learned? And Jesus answered to them and said, My doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. He that speaketh of himself seeks his own glory, but he that seeks his glory that sent him, the same is true, and no unrighteousness is in him. The title of the lesson today is True Doctrine and the Will of God. Remember, Jesus is at the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, his last time we talked, his Brothers and sisters were trying to encourage him to go, and he said, no, it's not time. But then he goes in secret up to the feast, and then later as the feast is continuing on, he presents himself. And so we need to remember just a little few, a few things about the Feast of Tabernacles, what we talked about before. It was a reminder to the Jews of their wandering in the wilderness. It was the last feast of the Jewish calendar year. And at the temple, the Jews set up a large candelabra towering over them. And it reminded them of the pillar of fire that guided them through the nights in the wilderness. The priests are taking water from the pool of Siloam and pouring it on the altar to remind them of the water that came out of the rock for them. The Jews have set up little huts, little lean-tos, little stick houses, and they live in those little tabernacles, those little huts for seven days throughout the festival. A reminder of how they lived outside during the 40 years of their journeying in the wilderness. So Jesus has come into town a few days into the feast, and the people have been talking about him. They're asking questions like, who is he, really? I mean, is he the Messiah? I mean, does this guy have a demon? Is he just tricking us? And yet for all the talk, it says in verse 13, no man spoke openly of him for fear of the Jews. For all the talk they were doing, it was all in secret. The people were so afraid of their own priests and their own religious rulers, that they were afraid to speak openly about Jesus, fearing that the rulers would persecute them as possible followers of Christ. And so Jesus goes right into the middle of the crowd and begins teaching with the knowledge and the authority that only he commanded. A question is asked, and the answer will not only explain to those around him what he does and why he does it, but it will help us today to find the method for discovering true doctrine and God's will. Picking up in verse 14, it says, Now, about the midst of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and taught, and the Jews marveled, saying, How knoweth this man letters, having never learned? Now, before this debate, before this point, rather, 
The debate about Jesus had always been about his character. The debate was always, is he a good man or a shady man? Is he, is he telling us the truth or is he deceiving us? We saw that in verse 12, you know? There was a lot of murmuring. What is he? Now, after he teaches openly, the comments about Jesus, the questions about Jesus, turn toward his doctrine. Did you know that doctrine is important? I mean, doctrine is important. A lot of people are scared by that phrase. But doctrine is simply a word that means teaching, a set of beliefs, a truth. What is your doctrine? What is the truth? Do you know what the truth is? Now, the teachings of Jesus were clearly truthful. And he taught them with authority. But there were two problems with his teachings. Number one, his truths, the truth that he was teaching, flew directly in the face of rabbinical teachings. You see, he taught the truth, and the truth always convicts men's hearts. Always. People are only offended by the truth, because the truth that convicts us, it shows us who we truly are. And we need a whole lot more truth preaching today. We need holy men of God walking into the pulpit with their faces glowing, delivering the truth that God gave them throughout the week. Too many are faking it. We need truth telling preachers today. And so his truths flew in the face of rabbinical te- uh, teachings, but secondly, his authority to teach this way didn't come from the rabbis. What's their, what is their complaint about him, their chief complaint about him? How does this man know letters having never learned? He didn't go to our schools. And we have that in evangelical fundamental circles today in churches all over. You know, when two preachers meet, one of the first questions they ask for the first time meeting each other is, where did you go to school? And you start making assumptions and basing opinions about that man based upon whether or not he went to Trinity or Bob Jones or Liberty or Southeastern or uh, (laughs) this college or that college. It doesn't matter which college it is, but we start making assumptions. Baptist Bible College, Boston Baptist Bible. Where did you go? We keep asking these questions. And here's the thing, folks. The man of God who has been in the Word of God doesn't need the approval of men and doesn't need to prove himself by going to the right school. School's good. There's nothing wrong with a formal education. You should get that if it's possible, but it's not necessary. Some of the greatest preachers in the history of Christendom have never went to school. Because the Holy Spirit of God caught a hold of their heart and taught them. I mean, Paul, he was a very learned man. But what did Jesus have to do in order to get him to understand Christianity? He had to unlearn him. He had to put Paul in the desert for three years and get him to unlearn all of his rabbinical teachings, all of, his, all of the things that he learned about the law that, where he thought the law made him righteous. And Jesus had to teach him the truth one-on-one. Schooling is good. But it can never take the place of the Holy Spirit's instruction. There's a lot of young men graduating from seminary, I mean seminary today, and their faith is dead. I mean dead. I had a preacher talking to me one day, telling me about a young man he was counseling, and the young man is in the services. I'm a military missionary. This preacher was talking to a young man who was in the service. The young man said, you know, he's going through these hard times and everything, and and he doesn't understand why God's letting him do through all this sort of stuff. And the preacher said, well, it sounds to me like you're going through the same thing that, and I can't remember which 
biblical character he, he mentioned, he said, so-and-so went through and the young man just stared at him. And he said, wait a second. <laughs> this young man had told the preacher that he went to seminary. He was a youth pastor for a few years before he got into the military. And this young man did not know who certain Bible characters were. He had never read vast portions of the Bible. Schooling's good, but it can't take the place of the Holy Spirit's instruction. When the Holy Spirit gets a hold of us, He commands us and we start studying. And we study with God teaching us. Man's teaching's good. We need man's teaching. We should absolutely hold to the things that have that have been learned by great men of God have gone on before us. There's nothing wrong with that. But it cannot take the place of the Holy Spirit's instruction. And we cannot judge a man based on where he went to school unless we understand who he is first. He didn't go to our school. How does this man know these things? He never went to school. Verse 16, Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine is not mine. It's his that sent me. The answer, the question was, you know, who do you think you are? The answer is, well, I don't, it's not who I am, it's who I serve. That, that's, the, that's the real answer. It's not who I am, it's who I serve. Jesus' answer is, I didn't need to learn from your seminaries. I didn't have to go to your schools. My teaching came straight from the Holy Spirit of God. He could say that because he's God. And you can say that today because you have his word and his Holy Spirit. And scripture always agrees with scripture. But if you find yourself contradicting, then you need to go to a teacher. You need to find out what is right, what is wrong. Because sometimes we can misinterpret scripture. But the Holy Spirit of God is our chief guide through scripture. John fourteen twenty six. Jesus said as he's preparing the disciples for his leaving, he says, The Comforter, who is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever said to you. Listen, I want to tell you the truth, folks. I never learned much of my doctrine until I started pastoring a church. The 14 years I spent as a pastor is where I really learned my doctrine. Because you... You have to be, uh, you have to be forced almost to study. It seems. I, I would tell people all the time: if you want to really get deep into your Bible, volunteer to teach a Sunday school class. Because those little kids or those adults, depending on who you are, they're going to have questions, and you're going to want to know the answers. So it's going to force you to study. It's one of the best ways to grow in Christ is to put yourself out there to be used of God. And force yourself into a position where you have to study. Where you don't have a choice but to study. Our doctrine, though, cannot be our own. We have to be taught from the Word of God, not from the fancies of men. We have to make sure that we don't look to Scripture to find verses that prove what we want to believe. We have to accept what it says. And we must have that truth spoken into our hearts by the Holy Spirit of God. You see, what happens is, and we have this, we had this in Paul's day, we had this in Jesus' day, we have it today. We have people saying, well, this truth, this particular version of the truth is relevant to me. Well, that's baloney. Truth is not, (laughs) it doesn't change. There is absolute. It's it's not... (sighs) See, some folks say, well, look, you know, your truth and my truth, they're different, but they speak to us and they're relevant. No, they're not relevant. They're, 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 no, one of us is wrong or both of us is wrong if our truths don't, don't agree. Some folks say, well, I combine all the world's great religions and, and that's how I find my truth. Well, that's a weak 
weak way of looking at things. Because all the world's great religions contain error. All of them. Even mainline Christianity contains error. Because it's religion. It's not faith. The truth is in the Word of God. Thy word is truth, Jesus said. So people say, well, I, I, I just believe whatever my preacher says. Well, don't do that. Get your doctrine from the Bible. See, that's where, that's where preachers come into it. I, w- I would tell my church all the time, do me a favor, always be checking me out. Search out the scriptures for yourself. If you find something I said and you think it's wrong, prove it to me from scripture and I'll, I'll listen. I'm a, f- I'm a f- failed human being too. I'm not a perfect person. Sometimes I make mistakes. I tell you, 20 years in the ministry now, I go back and look at some of my sermons from 1997, 98, when I first started preaching, and I go, wow, (laughs) I actually said that? Glad we grow up. Paul says to Titus in Titus 2.1, speak the things which become sound doctrine. See, that's what I'm trying to do today. My, My job is to teach you sound doctrine. It's important because doctrine belies who you serve. If you don't have your doctrine straight, it shows that you're serving something other than God. You're serving yourself. You're serving Satan. You're serving an idol that you've created. You're serving your own version of God. I hear people say, well, my God would never send someone to hell. Well, of course he wouldn't. Your God doesn't exist. He's a figment of your imagination. You created him. What does the real God have to say on this? But As far as that, the real God never sends anyone to hell. Men and women send themselves to hell by not believing in his son, Jesus Christ. That's That God doesn't send anybody to hell. People choose hell by not choosing Jesus. So verse 17, if any man will do his will, he'll know the doctrine, whether it's of God or whether I speak of myself. Hey, you know, my doctrine's not mine. It's, it's the one that sent me his doctrine. And if, and if you'll do his will, you'll know whether or not it's true. You'll, you'll know whether or not I'm telling you the truth or whether I'm just making this stuff up for myself. So how do you know? How do you know what is the truth? Jesus answers the question before it even comes up because he knows it's coming up. Here's the question. How do I know the will of God? How do I know the truth? The real question you should be asking is not, how do I know the will of God? It's, am I doing the will of God? Am I willing to do the next thing that's the will of God? I would have people come to me all the time asking me, Pastor, how do I know God's will for my life? And my answer was usually the same. You already know it. You're just not willing to accept it. Because God's will for your life is oftentimes that one thing you really don't want to get involved in because it's scary. Because God is not interested in you staying the same. God is interested in you changing. He's not interested in you being the same person in 10 years that you are right now. He wants you to change. He wants you to become better. He wants you to become more. He wants you to accomplish great things for Him. And to do those things takes effort, and that effort sometimes involves pain. And that is the reason we don't know the will of God, because we're not willing to accept the pain that comes with doing the will of God sometimes. God is not going to reveal His will to you unless you're willing to do whatever it is. 
That statement by Jesus, will to do, will do his will. You know, if any man will do his will, indicates a willingness to be available to God for whatever God wants you to do. And the question for us today is, are we? Are we willing to do whatever God wants us to do? The best way to know that Christianity is true, and to know that your doctrine is the doctrine of God, the doctrine of the Bible, is to do those things you know what is right, and watch for God to show you it's all true. I would have people come to me and ask me, Pastor, is it okay for me to? And I would say, stop right there. Whatever you're asking, it's not okay. Because, you know, whatever it is, if you're asking me, Pastor, is it okay for me to drink? Is it okay for me to go out and do this? Is it okay for me to date this person? You're asking for permission. Most likely in your heart, you already know that it's wrong for you. And know this, what's wrong for you may not be wrong for someone else. But... If you're asking the question, is it okay for me to do this? You already know. You have a conscience given by God, and you already know that it's wrong for you to do this thing. You're just asking for permission. The best way to know the doctrine of God is to do what you know is right. 1 John 2.27, But the anointing which you have received of him abides in you, and you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you of all things, and is truth and is not a lie, even as it is taught you, you shall abide in him. Basically, John's saying, listen, you know what the truth is. You know what the truth is. You don't need me to tell you. You know because you have the anointing of God. You have the Holy Spirit of God within you. God, that thing you call a conscience, Christian, is the Holy Spirit of God. And he's calling you to a deeper relationship with Christ. He's saying, abide in him. You'll know the truth. Verse 18, Jesus says, He that speaks of himself seeks his own glory. But he that seeks his glory that sent him, well, the same is true, and no unrighteousness is in him. So we've been asking questions this entire sermon this entire study, you know, um, you know, the, the first question was, uh, you know, how, how can Jesus have known these things? And the answer is, it's because it's who he serves. And so the question was, who do you serve? And then the question come up in verse 17, how do you know the, the truth is the truth? And now verse 18, here comes the last question for you. How do you act knowing the truth? He that speaks of himself seeks his own glory, but he that seeks the glory of him that sent him, the same is true, and no unrighteousness is in him. That's how you act yeah, once you know the truth. If we really are seeking the will of God, we'll not worry over who gets the glory. If you, you know, I do this podcast, and I struggle. I'm, I'm going to confess something to you. I struggle with this podcast. I struggle getting this done every other week. I moved back from a weekly schedule to an every other week schedule, and I'm still struggling to get it done at that time. This is tough for me. This is hard for me to get this done. But I don't do this because I want people to go, oh, look, there's Dave Mason. He's got a podcast. He's, you know, he's got listeners in, what is it now, 37 countries um, all over the world. I, that's not why I do this. I do this because I want somebody out there, someone in this world who's listening 
to give their heart over to Jesus fully, if they're not saved to find him for the first time, if there are, if they are and they're not following Jesus, to start following him with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength, to give him all of their life and serve him with all their heart. That's why I do it. It's not to promote me. It's not to promote our ministry. It's to give something back. It's the only way I can serve God is to serve you. And if you are really, really, really seeking the will of God, you won't worry over who gets the glory. Because that's how cults start. One man getting the glory. Beware that church where the pastor is everything. Beware the church where the pastor is almost nothing as well. The church that makes the pastor merely a hired servant who's supposed to stay indentured for the rest of his life and has absolutely no say in the way the church is run. Beware of that church, but also beware of the church where the pastor is everything. Because then we're giving men the glory and not God. When we seek only the glory of God, then and only then is it obvious that we are truly servants of the Most High God. Thanks for tuning in this week. Until next time, I'm Dave Mason. Thank you for joining us for Field Notes. If you have been blessed by the preaching and teaching you have heard, consider visiting our website at militaryfellowshipministry.com and click the Donate button. Any amount will be a great help to us as we continue to reach our men and women in the military with the gospel. Join us next week as we continue our study of God's Word. God bless you.